Um, today, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, I, it, it must have been maybe Thursday or Friday. Um, I just uh, felt like I had to kind of go in a different direction today than what was already planned, um, simply because of all the stuff happening um, with George Floyd uh, being uh, killed by police. Um, and, and, you know, you see things escalating and escalating and escalating um, to, um, to dangerous situations in, in cities. And I feel like today we're going to um, talk about that a little bit because it was on my heart. I uh, text messages of uh, Sierra. It might have been Friday morning. Uh, the scripture where Jesus says, you know, let not your heart be troubled. Uh, and we need to hear that. We need to know that despite what we see, despite what's going on, that we should not let our hearts be troubled. And I just want to talk a little bit um, about just the church's response and the church's mindset um, to what we see happening um, uh, today uh, with that situation in particular, with, with uh, George Floyd, but the larger issue of, you know, the, the uh, police brutality um, and racism in our country uh, and, and things like that. And, 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 and the, the truth of the matter is, you know, we can't ignore it. We can't, you know, hide in our shallow for, <laughs> for an hour for church and try to feel good and do everything we normally do and then act like some of these issues don't exist. Um, because truthfully, when we look at what's happening, um, you know, we see a lot of hurt people. We see distraught people. We see confused people. Um, and when it hits close to home, when it's our people, we feel that way too. Um, you know, I share the story uh, of what happened to me when I was 14 years old, you know, and that's not the only thing, sadly, that, that has happened. But if hurt people, if angry people, if distraught people, if confused people, people who may feel hopeless, people who feel helpless, people who, yeah, who, who feel like, you know, things are just out of control and there's nothing that they can do. If they can't come to the church in a time of crisis, what good is the church? If, if people who are hurt, who are confused, who are yelling out for help, you know, who are protesting in the streets and they, they're looking for answers. Let me tell you, we cannot sing Jesus is the answer for the world today if we don't step up in times like this and present Jesus as the answer. So we can't sing it. We can't, we can't go into our churches and we can't say what the world needs now is love and, and love's in need of love today if we're not going to step up and be the, 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 the picture and the voice and the house for love. Where else should someone who's hurt go to? Where else should someone who's confused go to? Where else should someone who's feeling helpless and hopeless go to? Someone who's feeling angry. Where else would you rather they turn than turn to the church? And that's what the church is supposed to be, amen? And that's what we're going to be. Let's go to Matthew um, uh, eleven twenty-eight. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty-eight. I'm reading from the NLT. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Because there is a response to the, from the church. Because Jesus had responses. Here we go. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. I'm going to read through 30. Jesus said... He says, come to me, all you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. Here's literally Jesus saying, anyone who is weary and carry heavy burdens, Come to me and I will give you rest. Remember, we've been talking about this in our um, uh, study uh, with release that we have this ministry now of reconciliation that God gave to Jesus. Listen, people who are heavy burdened and need weariness, Jesus, listen, we're not specifying where the heavy burdens come from. We're not specifying what makes you weary. We're not talking about whatever the heavy burden is. But for some people, it is what they're facing currently in society with racism. 
And if the church is just going to turn a blind eye, again, in a time of crisis, no matter what it is, again, what good is the church? Well, we've got Jesus who will make every burden light, every heavy burden light. He will make what? Every yoke that's hard, easy, right? And we can all find rest. And so if, if we can't be that for people in a time of crisis, or we specify what the crisis has to be, you know, then what, then what good is the church? Amen? Here we go. Also, another reason why we have to respond and why there has to be the church standing up as a voice of love and inclusion and justice is because there's a larger umbrella that racism falls under, and it's hate. So think about it as an outline, where if you have an outline, racism isn't this huge outline with all these other things under it. Hate and evil is, the, is, is, is really the theme there. Hate evil and pride and under that it, it it manifests itself in racism and these are things that god's not for and his church is not for it either and we can't be for it we can't necessarily even be just we don't practice that here at impact but we got to make sure that we also stand up and say and it shouldn't be practiced anywhere else watch this proverbs 6 16 through 19 we going with the bible on this y'all that, this is how this is how we this is how we're going to define it and address it through the Bible. Here we go, Proverbs six, and we're, we're preparing now because there's going to be a response that 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 impact, and, we, and we'll talk about it. Here we go, Proverbs six, sixteen through nineteen. We're talking about the fact that racism itself falls under an, um, the umbrella of hate and of pride uh, uh, and uh, and evil. And God's not for that. And if he's not for that, then his people can't be uh, for that either. Uh, Here we go. Uh, Proverbs 6. We're going to start at 16, read through 19. There are six things the Lord's hate. I'm reading from NLT. It says, no, seven things he detests. Haughty eyes. Here we go. That's pride. And some, I'm reading NLT. Uh, In some version, it just says pride there. A lying tongue. Here we go. Hands that kill the innocent. These are things that the Lord hates. Things that kill the innocent. A heart that plots evil. Come on, y'all. Feet that race to do wrong. A false witness who pours out lies. Now watch this. And a person who sows discord among the brethren. Seven things that the Lord hates and the church cannot stand by and be accepted and accepted or even turn a blind eye or, 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 or not. Be. It's funny because when we talk about relevancy, uh, you know, we're quick to say, okay, we're going to do this kind of music or preach this kind of way, or we won't wear choir robes, or we won't do this because we want to be relevant. But then when it comes to things that are hurting people, we don't want to address it because they're hot button issues. And, and there are ways that we can address it. We want to talk about that. But again, these, they're falling under this umbrella of things that God hates. And we just read this seven things, haughty eyes or pride, a lying tongue, hands that kill the innocent, a, a heart that plots evil, Beat that race to do wrong, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who sows discord among the brethren. These are things that God cannot stand and his church can't stand for it either. Amen. Watch this. Proverbs 8, 13. We're talking about the fact that this falls under categories that God's just not with. Uh, All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Therefore, I hate pride and arrogance, corruption and perverse speech. Now watch this. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Now, if you cross-reference that with Proverbs 9, 10, Proverbs 9, 10, where it says, fear the Lord 
is the foundation of wisdom. Some versions say the fear, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, but then also we read that all who fear the Lord will also hate evil, that means that it is wise to not accept evil, that it is wise to help evil. If those who fear the Lord, come on, y'all, 813, if those who fear the Lord will hate evil and the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom, then literally the beginning of all wisdom is also to hate evil. We're just putting the scriptures together. Here we go. So people are looking for answers, and, they, and, they, and, they, and some don't know where to find it. And if the church can't provide Jesus as the answer, we might as well shut the doors. I mean, if all we're going to do is just provide answers to those who already have the answer, if all we're going to do is provide answers to, Jesus, to, to, to people who already have the answer and seek Jesus, we might as well not even have church. Uh, 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 and so where, imagine where will people go if the church won't provide a place for them to find the answer. Where will you go if we, don't, if we don't become that place? They may find it in organizations or in practices or in things that are much more harmful to them and to others and society than they will find helpful to their cause if they can't come to the church. Imagine if they find organizations that much rather burn down police precincts. And you can talk about whether, you know, those, those were processes from the city. Uh, we know that people have been coming from outside of the cities causing trouble and doing stuff like that. But if, if we leave the door open for this kind of stuff to happen, where are they gonna go, right? All right, now as for impact, this kind of work is exactly what we do to help the people that are what? Disenfranchised, people who are abused, people who have no voice. This is literally what we do for NOVA and HCI. When it comes to human trafficking, we're there, we're champions, we're call centers, we put our money where our mouth is, we give the NOVA HCI every single month. Uh, uh, we do the call centers. We go to the gala. We've done this kind of stuff. When it comes to St. Anne's, young, single, at-risk moms who have grown up, so most of them, in tough situations where they don't have parents they can trust. They don't have people that they can trust. They have multiple babies and they have nowhere to go. They ain't got no jobs. They're teenagers. Uh, 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 we are there for them. There are calls. People who are homeless, whether it's because of mental illness, whether it's because they fell on hard times, whether it's just been in a vicious cycle of homelessness, we help them as well. This falls in that same umbrella of helping people who are disenfranchised and those who need help. Now watch this. Let's get back to the Bible. There's a, there's a, there's a biblical mandate uh, uh, and biblical examples of God and Jesus caring about those who people consider the least of these and caring about those who suffer due to the hands of others. Let's go to Matthew. It's Jesus. This is Jesus, what many people call Jesus' first public, public uh, 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 sermon called the Beatitudes. Matthew 5. Watch this. Here's, here's Jesus. Jesus says, God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Then again, God blesses those who mourn. For what? For they will be comforted. He says, God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the earth. Here we go. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And the NLT says, for justice, for they will be satisfied. It goes on to say, God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the what? Children of God. Listen, how can you be a peacemaker if you turn your head away from things that break up peace? How, how are you a peacemaker if you don't address situations where there's no peace? But he says, blessed are the peacemakers, 
for they shall be called the children of God, right? And then it says, blessed are those who are persecuted for doing right, uh, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. If you look at these first two, where he says, God blesses those who are poor in spirit, says, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. God blesses those who are mourn, for, who mourn, for they shall be comforted. He is showing that right now in their current state, despite the fact of being poor in spirit, despite being downtrodden in heart, despite mourning, that there is something else that he will give them. They shall be what? comforted and that the kingdom of heaven will be theirs. Those who see these kind of injustices and are peacemakers, those who will come to try to bring peace, they shall be called what? The children of God. And that's what our duty is as children of God, to be peacemakers. Here we go. Romans 12, 15. We're just establishing the fact that, 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 that we have these biblical mandates to see people who are in these situations and to be moved into action to help. Not just when it comes to human trafficking, not just when it comes to, to homelessness. Sometimes that's the low-hanging fruit. Sometimes there's other things we got to jump into. Here we go. Romans 12, uh, verse 15. It says, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. I'm reading in our team. He said, listen, it says, rejoice with those who rejoice, Right. But what? Mourn with those who mourn, with people who feel angry and distraught and hopelessness. We are to not tell them that your feelings are irrelevant and your feelings don't matter and you're doing too much. No, we're called to mourn with the ones who mourn, to feel that pain. And it's easy for some of us, watch this, for some of us right now, it's easy to feel the pain that the country is feeling right now due to George Floyd's murder. Oh, we'll get all riled up and we want to protest in the street. Something's got to change. But when it's someone else's pain, when it's human trafficking and you may not have a connection to that or something else, we don't really feel it. Uh, but, we, but some of us feel this one. Regardless of whether we feel it or not, it doesn't talk about what was the source of it or whether it's even close to you. It's like when someone is mourning over this, mourn with them. Feel them uh, 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 that pain. Uh, now let's go to Micah 6, 8. We all over the Bible, y'all. Micah 6, 8. Here we go. It says, uh, oh, people, the Lord has told you what is good. And this is what he requires of you to do what is right, to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. That's the NLT. But in, in, in King James Version, it says to, 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 uh, to walk justly. Uh, I mean, to, um, uh, to love mercy, walk humbly with your God and, and to love justice. And this is what we're talking about. Now, watch this. Uh, uh, it's important to note, and we said this, that, that in all these responses to those who are, in, uh, who are in pain and those who are hurt and how we need to be those open arms, the church needs to be that for those people, it's important to understand that it is not at all mentioned why these people are in the position that they're in. There's no why they mourn, poor in spirit. It just says God blesses those who are poor in spirit, theirs, theirs will be the kingdom of heaven. It says mourn with those who mourn, but only if their mourning is caused by this, 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 the mourning is caused by this, this, this. Don't worry about it. No, 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 no. Mourn with those who mourn. That's our response. So here's what we can't do. We can't ignore it. We can't do nothing. We, we literally, again, have to be a place where hurt, distraught, angry, confused, people who are feeling hopeless, people who are feeling helpless, where they can come and they can be comforted by the church with an easy burden and a, a light burden and easy yoke. Because that's what Jesus would do. And whether it's our burden, whether it's someone else's burden. Listen, there are people now, it, it, it can be police brutality. It could be someone who is struggling with sexual identity 
and 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 they've gone to church and they get kicked out and people look at them funny because the way they live and they're trying to and they're figuring themselves out and they don't understand what's going on they need to come to impact where they can get a hug and i can mourn with you because i get it i understand i may not be dealing with that but i get it i understand we, i can't just be passionate about things that that hit me close to home because it hits me close to home when i see a black man being killed by a cop and so i need to be open to receive people who are feeling hurt that way but then also hurt by other things that's what we do here at Impact. That's the only way we're going to make an impact. Um, don't forget, those are similar issues that Jesus faced. You sitting there talking to the woman at the well, you're like, why in the world are you talking to her? She's a Samaritan, right? Okay, here we go. So, so, what, so what is our response? How do we do this? I don't know, but I'm, I'm putting together some thoughts. Um, the same way we've been doing human trafficking stuff, the same way we've been doing homelessness, um, we've got to figure out a way to jump into communities, to jump into people groups, to jump into places and figure out how in the world will God have us be a light in situations like this, to jump into schools. I've um, talked uh, in the past with police officers who started programs in schools and communities so they can build relationships. I don't know what it looks like, but Impact's got to do it. Now, here's the thing. No matter what we do or how we jump into it, there's a book. And the reason, the reason I, I, this almost feels like an like a Impact church meeting is because you know, we're not talkers at Impact, man. We don't get together and just have church and I'm going to say, say preach a social justice uh, a sermon or give you a quick five minutes and go preaching something else. And it doesn't cause us to act for people who need the church. Because here's the thing, there will be people who will act and there will be people who will go to try to get those who are hurt and get them to do other things that's not productive and that's not godly. But Impact's going to be a light in that manner. So here's what we're going to do. I don't know what the total action is, but we're putting it together. Anybody who's got any ideas, feel free to text me, shoot an email to uh, impactfellowshipemail at gmail.com. We'll get it together. But here, here's what we got to know. We play, we play by the rules with, with whatever we do. Here we go. Ephesians 4, 6. I'm sorry, Ephesians 4, 26. NLT uh, says, and don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, for anger gives foothold to the devil. Other translation says, be angry and sin not. That, 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 that even if there's anger, even if there's frustration, that whatever response we have will not include any type of sin or anything that could be even mistaken for sin or even anger. The response won't be rooted in anger. Amen. And, and, and therefore, it won't be confused or rooted in any type of sin. So we cannot respond in a way that's anger. Uh, that's that's fueled by our anger. Our anger may 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 help may be a point uh, a rallying point, but then moving forward, it's got to be pursuing peace. Now, watch this. Go to Colossians chapter three. This is one of the Bibles, one of the books we want to study once we get out of um, uh, Galatians. Uh, it's giving us some real practical stuff here. Colossians three, verse twelve. Watch this. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Watch this. Clothe yourself. So whatever we do, we're going to clothe ourselves with compassion. You got me? Well, we're going to fill you. Compa- moved with How many times in the Bible, uh, and maybe we'll do a follow-up lesson with this, that we see that Jesus moved with compassion. Amen? Watch this. We're going to be compassionate. We're going to clothe ourselves with kindness, with humility, with uh, gentleness. Watch this. And with patience. Come on, y'all. Colossians 3.12. Therefore, watch this. As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, we're going to clothe ourselves with kindness. Whatever we do, it's going to be compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. 
another thing it's going to be. So we know we're not going to we're not going to be fueled by anger, you know, anger or whatever. But we're not going to sin. It's not whatever action it is. It's not going to be confused with anything like that. Uh, uh, number two, it's going to be we're going to clothe ourselves with compassion, with kindness, with humility, uh, with gentleness, with patience. And then I want to turn to First Peter three, First Peter three eleven. It says, "Turn away from evil." When we talked about evil, turn away from evil and do good. Watch this. NLT says, search for peace and work to maintain it. King James Version says, pursue peace. And so it's going to be what? Pursuing peace. It's whatever, it will not be fueled by sin. It will not be fueled by anger causing sin. Uh, it will be compassionate. It will be kind. It will be humble, gentle, patience, and it will be after peace pursuing peace. Let's go to Hebrews 12, 14. Because listen, if we can't look at this through the lens of scripture and then our actions by the lens of scripture, I mean, what, like I said before, what good, what good is the church? What good is the church? 12, 14, Hebrews 12, 14. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Here we go. Work at living in peace with everyone and work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. And so church, what we got to do is pray, get the, get the, get the wheel spinning. Um, you know, because like I said, just like we did with the human out, with the human trafficking outreach, the same way we did when we started the homeless outreach, the same way we did when we did this, the St. Anne's thing, to be honest with you, the homeless outreach is probably, was probably one of the things that was most comfortable for everybody to jump into. But St. Anne's, you know, uh, Charles had talked about how St. Anne's was stepping out of the comfort zone there. Uh, when it comes to human trafficking, I've never called any lines like that to, to solicit, you know, a, a prostitute, which is the way we, they, we do the call centers. But that was uncomfortable. That was certainly something I've never done before, um, but we stepped out to do it. Um, and we've seen the results. We've seen God working in that way. And God is blessing impact in an unprecedented way. And not just, and, and, and I don't even just mean the, 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 the organization impact. I mean, individuals, uh, you know, people are, are, are texting in and emailing in saying how God is, and people who aren't, and there are people who aren't even like connected, affiliated as far as members or frequent um, participants who are saying that they're seeing certain breakthroughs, they're seeing certain releases, uh, uh, and, and, and God is leading them in, in, in different directions and different things like that. So he's doing that all in our individual life because I think we, at the heart of the church, it's to see change in people um, through the gospel. And so um, uh, whatever our response looks like, these are the guidelines that our response is going to be. And this is how we look at it. We look at it through the lens of scripture. Um, and so continue to pray, continue to think about what you think this thing could look like and, and, and what it could be. It could, it could be a series of town hall meetings. It could be a, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It could be relationship with schools and police precincts near the schools or whatever, whatever it is. Um, uh, um, God is going to have impact leading that way too and we're going to be a, a light on the hill because again if, if, if hurt, angry to start, confused hopeless people can't come to the church the church might as well shut its doors and if the church ain't going to be like, like standing out you know, uh, and letting people know that, that the church's arms are open for you, you know, and even people who may be on the wrong side of it now and, and, and God can change their heart we can't be the type of church that say no, no, no now, we talked about this with Paul during our Galatians. We can't Galatians study. We can't be the type of a, a church that says, "Wait a minute, you used to kill Christians. You can't. You can't be a part of this." Paul. They had an issue with Paul because Paul was persecuting Christians. 
Uh, but then Jesus saved them. And then he told, well, you, you got to go back to Galatians to get the whole story. I don't, I don't want to retell the whole story. Um, but, that's, but that's what we're called to do. We're called to be the church. We're called to be Jesus here on earth. And for some issues, it's easier than others. But we're going to tackle all of them.